0: Hello, console players and gamers, and welcome to the DTS Gaming Crews podcast. To our new listeners, we want a BFG nine thousand. Let's make that happen. And thanks for everyone for joining us today. We got a hell of an episode full of news and topics for you. So grab your shiv and a super shotgun and let's level up. Some of our news and discussions in this episode—it's all about if- console comparisons and the baddest of badasses in video games. So let's jump in. If
1: uh, you notice that we sound kind of funny. I do apologize, but we are practicing social distancing as has been requested by the CDC and a lot of medical professionals. Um, actually, we're self-quarantining because I got kind of sick this week and I didn't want to get my co-host sick. Uh, this is Maverick, by the way, if you haven't figured out who it is by my voice. Um, so if we sound kind of funny, we do apologize. Hopefully this will all be over as soon as possible not holding my breath though but for the meantime bear with us and any audio issues that might occur
0: within the next couple of weeks yeah i mean hopefully it doesn't i guess last as long as it you know longer than what it needs to yeah Uh, because i mean really like it sucks like not actually being there because i think like a lot of the the antics that we get into shooting (laughs) makes it that much more you know different yeah. than actually yeah. sitting in front of a TV screen, uh, in, in front of uh, my screen and just pretending
2: all <laughs> <laughs> goes off with that like that actual personal um seeing the the emotion as it's happening as we're discussing it in person yeah yes I was actually thinking about uh whenever everything goes through what
0: we could possibly do huh bring my uh like bring my xbox uh-huh and we, like how we were doing it with Bloodborne, we were recording Bloodborne and all yes. that. We do the same thing, right? Uh-huh. Except we each take turns, like like uh, with Doom Eternal. That because when amazing. I tell you, like it's it's hard. No, it's not like Dark Souls hard or Bloodborne hard. <clears throat> but if you don't keep moving and yeah. you, know, you don't utilize everything you have in your arsenal, you can drain all your ammo really fast, and then you're kind of sitting there like, oh, crap, I don't have anything. And it's just, like, to catch our reactions and share them with the viewers, of just be like, oh, 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 you know, <laughs> hilarious. Yeah, that sounds amazing,
1: man. As soon as, you know, this, uh, you know, because I'd love for you guys to come over, but, like, I don't want you to get sick either. So I agree with the whole, what is it, like, it could be dormant up to 14 days.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So
1: like we have to kind of... At least fourteen days. Like you know, if I got sick, okay, well, now I have to we have to wait fourteen days from when I got sick. But then if you get sick, we have to wait an additional fourteen days. And then if my you know what I mean? Like it, it just adds up. Yeah. So we're we might even be looking at like a month here minimum, which is well, hopefully rough.
0: no one else gets sick.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, hopefully, yeah, you're right. Hopefully.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Follow-up said no. (laughs) Okay, so unfortunately, Michael, why don't you let us know about Chrissy's condition so that way our listeners don't wonder what's going on with Chrissy. Chrissy update
2: first. Chrissy is currently under the weather, but hopefully she'll be joining us next week. It's nothing serious, just a little mildly sick. Hopefully nothing
1: serious like myself. I survived this week, thank God. I got the follow-up, I guess. Since this has been carrying over from a few podcasts back, we've got the Maverick, The Last of Us follow-up. So I don't have news for this week because we did do a lot of news segments last podcast with uh, coronavirus stuff. So instead I was like, I'm going to focus on follow-ups because I actually made a lot of progress in The Last of Us. Because I was sick, I was sitting on my sofa, I I even slept there because I was just that sick. I wasn't even wanting to get up to go to bed. And I played The Last of Us. I wanted to t- talk about a few things. One of the things I wanted to talk about was, if you remember a podcast back or two that I was talking about choking all the humans.
0: Okay, so... <laughs> yep, I remember so, that episode really
1: well. <laughs> so I, this is... Okay, so I went from choking everyone, trying to choke everyone, you know, I was like going 13 for 15 or, you know, ten ten 10 out of 11, I was able to choke out. I got to this workbench, and I was finally able to collect enough, I don't know, gears or something? Oh, Where, yeah. that, the, what's that? Scrap. I guess, to upgrade the guns or weapons, whatever it's called. Scrap, is if that's what you're calling it, I'll call it scrap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I finally collected enough scrap to upgrade the scope on my rifle.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I was pretty happy with that. I was like, oh, this is cool. Now I don't have to get so close if I want to shoot someone's head off. And, like, uh, so I finally got out of that hotel. I'm thinking, okay, now I'm going to get out of Pennsylvania, easy street. I'm walking down the street, and it prompts me with, like, you know, hey, there's enemies out here. And like, okay, well, I'm fully stocked with ammo. I just upgraded a lot of my weapons. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go in here, guns a-blazing. It's only two guys anyway. So with my upgraded scope, I headshot the guy up on the second story. Mm-hmm and i start going after the guy in the first story he's running out we engage i kill him i back up and but i didn't realize that it wasn't just two guys it was like maybe eight or nine more guys that i had to kill so you know after that encounter when i took that whole little group down of nine enemies hunters whatever you want to call them i adopted this strategy where instead of choking everyone out i'm just gonna go in there guns a-blazing because that was a blast I had I, like these kind of games, I usually play very conservative, like Resident Evil, because, you know, they're you're uh, limited on ammo. Yeah. Right. And I'm always afraid of running out of ammo, but I just kind of went in there. You know what? I'm just going to shoot and kill everything instead of having to conserve my ammo. And that actually, I don't know, it added something to the game where it made me want to keep playing. Besides the fact that I was sick, never mind that. But I actually it was something different. It was like a different way to play the game for myself because I usually play very conservatively. Mm-hmm. i went so far as to meet uh henry henry and uh sam henry's a black guy and sam is with i guess his younger brother ah uh, uh,
0: okay you're at that part okay yeah so
1: i met up with them a uh, spoiler alert for anyone out there who hasn't played this eight-year-old game you probably want to hear this part but i even went so far as to play afterwards where sam i guess they find out that sam got bit yeah and we had to kill him and then sam shot himself or henry shot himself i was like oh man this is this is the worst thing that's happened yet right
0: yeah besides his daughter dying Yep.
1: (laughs) (laughs) hey man i mean i spent more screen time with henry and sam than i did with my daughter okay
0: (laughs) no i mean yeah it's it's a it's a very sad that part actually it was another sad moment because you see what I liked about the last of us is that it, it's actually you can it's very relatable you know what I mean it is barely what it's it's really it's very relatable oh very relatable yeah you know because I mean if the if society were to fall to something that sounds it doesn't sound that far-fetched you know what I mean uh due to the fact that you know how it's not like a like the T virus you know or the G virus this is something that was plant-based that actually is a real plant in in real life. It's a plant that actually takes over a spore that takes over the brains of smaller insects such as ants. And basically they take over it and it's a zombie. It essentially just allows the ant to just eat and consume and keep it alive. And eventually the spore does overtake the ant completely to where they look like a lot like what the tickers are. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what makes it I guess really concerning. Cause maybe it could it can happen because if you really think about it, The black plague wasn't cross species until humans were bitten by by uh, by rats or the fleas that were on rats in Europe, and then it went cross mixed it with the DNA. It evolved to go cross species. So something like this can happen. And then, not to mention the fact that once if society would fall, that these are the decisions that you're that you're faced with, you know. Because it was really sad that you know you go through all this stuff with those kids and then in the end you have to kill Sam and then he shoots himself or you have to kill his brother and he shoots himself. Like if you, it trust me, it gets worse. <laughs> it gets worse because it really plays off of human emotion. Like what? How would you be if you were in that situation? You know what I mean? That's what's that's what's really scary.
1: Yeah. And, like, I think it, you're right about that because the game does try to put you in that situation a lot. Like, after that, like, you go meet up with his brother and he's hoping upon Ellie off to his brother and let him worry about getting Ellie to where she needs to go to. And instead, you know, Joel decides that it's probably best for him to go. So I think, like, we're what, what going back to what you were saying, John, like, it tries to I'll keep putting you in that situation. Like, what would you do? You know, what would you as the player do? And compared to Joel hmm Yeah,
0: but all I was just gonna say was like you can see why, you know, Joel kind of wants to shove Ellie off on, on Tommy Yeah, because of the attachment that she had to his to his daughter, you know what I mean? He yeah. doesn't want to get close to a kid that was somewhere around her age.
1: Yeah Yeah,
0: definitely see that
1: and um, we made it all the way to the University of Colorado we just got there and I'm pretty sure I got to the place where I'm supposed to meet up the with the fireflies because They said something like, look for the glass building or something like that. Um, No,
2: you're at the college.
1: Yeah. And then so I get, you know, I'm walking through the college, killing my way through or just gathering stuff. I don't remember if anything happened at the college, but I got that Mm -hmm. flamethrower. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. I did have to fight some infected because of that flamethrower. Anyways, um, and I saw the building from, from a distance and I'm like, you know what? This looks like a good spot to just at least save it for now. Just to kind of give my follow-up as to where I went. I went all the way from Pennsylvania to Colorado.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, so you're on the horse already, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So you've made some you've made progress. <laughs> I told you I made progress. Yeah. Things are going to get a little bit darker
0: after this. Season. Yeah. It actually gets a lot. Uh, difficulty-wise, it actually does. It does increase because how you're talking about when uh, you're in the hunting phase, that you're really having to... Go like how you found like going in guns blazing and not being too conservative with the stuff that you need. Yeah. You know, it was easier at that point, which if you really pay attention to it, as you progress your way through the last of us, you're going to notice like, okay, here is more room that I can be a little bit more guns blazing. And then the next one's like, okay, we have to go back to staying quiet and so on and so forth. You're going to see a really, it's going to get darker in terms of story and it's going to get a lot tougher in terms of gameplay. So just be forewarned, my friend. Good Mm -hmm. to know. That's good to know. That's awesome.
2: Pokemon Go. Oh, Pokemon Go. So, an article in news off a Game Informer from referring to Pokemon Go. Pokemon Go has made some changes for the coronavirus pandemic. Pokemon Go is now allowing users to play from their home. I guess I'm going to use the word help, but to help help social distancing. Yeah, to help improve social distancing so that way, you know, no one's out in public playing at a park together with 30 other kids who are all interested in the game. And to read off of this, it says, Pokemon Go is one of the most popular social gaming experiences out there, but it now needs to take a scale back. The social interactions as the world deals with the COVID-19 pandemic. Last night, developer Liantic issued a statement that addresses the outbreak and what players can expect from Pokemon Go. The message states that the safety of our global community is our top priority. COVID-19 is challenging us in the world to adjust. We're putting our focus on expanding features and experiences in our games that can be enjoyed in an individual setting and that also encourage exploration. Niantic is turning off raids or other aspects of the game, but is giving trainers the ability to do more from their own. First up, trainers should go into Pokemon Go store where they'll find a new incense gift that only costs one gold. This 99% discount gives players 30 incense items. When one is put into use, the time it lasts is doubled from 30 minutes to an hour. Incense ups numbers of of Pokemon players will be able to catch in an area, even if they are not in the middle of nowhere where nothing ever spawns. All normal Pokemon habitats will generate more spawns, another move that limits the trainer's need to move around. Next up, you'll still need to walk around with incubators to hatch eggs, but the distance you'll need to travel to accomplish this feat has been cut in half. A 10k egg will only need to be walked 5. While you'll need to be near Pokemon Stop to Spin them, Niantic is upping the numbers of gifts they're handing out, meaning you'll be able to send friends much needed items long distance and they'll hopefully return the favor. Lastly, the planned community day for March 15th that would give players a chance to catch a shiny Abra has been postponed indefinitely. The company announced that Kabuion and Lugia are returning to raids starting March 17th and also will be added uh, Gensec to a special research task starting on March 20th. As trainers take on these challenges, be mindful of the safety of others and yourself. This was by Andrew Reiner. So, Pokemon Go, keep it social distancing. Play from your home, play in your neighborhood, don't go to a public area.
1: So like the two important changes that it sounds like they made was one of them was the incense.
2: Yeah, they're gifting players incense. Which what incense does? It's kind of like a bait where where they a- when you activate it, you're activating it in that spot you're currently standing at, and usually that spot would be like a hot spot for 30 minutes. Well, now they're allowing it to be for an hour, so that way you could hang out in that spot for an hour, and a whole bunch of random Pokemon of that habitat you're currently in will come to that area, and you could just catch them all right there.
1: Okay, and the oh. other one is the egg, right? that you can
2: hatch it faster you you normally would have to walk quite a bit to get an egg to hatch not knowing what it will be and now if you have plenty in your inventory now you can knock them out like nothing being you only have to walk 5k instead of a 10k yeah that's pretty good man i'm glad that
1: companies out there are adapting to what's going on right now that's smart
2: yeah i mean
0: yeah i mean granted that i mean uh literally while uh, while you were talking I got a notification from PC Gamer magazine that they're having a that they're having a stay inside bundle that range from from twenty dollars to one hundred and sixty dollars, and I guess <laughs> it comes with a whole array of games to keep you busy while you're inside. I like to, it's like uh, like Maverick said. I do like that you know companies are trying to make the best of what you can do, like what to keep people entertained. Yeah,
2: and. Okay, so a side skirt of news, and this just came back to me right now. This is not what the side skirt of news, but the word I was looking for was encourage. They were trying to help encourage social distancing. <laughs> we got what you meant.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh,
2: but side skirt of news, I have started playing the first Doom, and I totally get what John means, but you have to constantly be moving around. So... The first two missions I start I jumped in on ultraviolence and like from learning how the routine goes, from how if you're constantly killing, you will drain your ammo super quickly if you're not staggering your enemies to feed back into you. And like I learned that roughly like after my ten deaths. <laughs> 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 so it's like there's a formula there. You gotta get a gore kill if you want something back. And you see, like going that you're
0: saying that, wait till you play eternal because in my opinion i found that if, like playing eternal now and comparing it to doom and now that you're kind of doing like a cross reference with me i've never actually had someone to like bounce this off of yeah doom 2016 is kind of like a kind of like an easy mode mm-hmm. because um, like literally probably about a few minutes ago i saw um, there's a post that someone made on facebook that says am i the only one that finds that the doom slayer is really weak in this one and it's like no, Doom 2016 was like easy mode because you just get weapons, you upgrade your praetor your predator suit, and your guns, and that was it. You got runes and stuff like that. But this one, like um, ammo for the most part, I'm pretty sure you can tell it's it's pretty plenty without having to use plentiful um, without having to use your chainsaw so much. Yeah. Where compared to Doom Eternal, you constantly, constantly, constantly have to use your chainsaw. Like, so so much to the point where, like, if you run out of fuel, you can't use your chainsaw. And this one, if you run out of chainsaw fuel, you
2: have to give it time. And if you, it will recharge you just one chainsaw, and you can use it. So you're not given, like, your three red uh, gas lines, you're given one gas line instead? Oh no! You can get three up to three red gas lines, but if you use all
0: three of them and there's no gas lines, in, I mean there's no gas cans around, it will charge one gas line. So you can take out like the imps, the um, like the zombies and stuff like that, like the easier ones. Okay. But you need like your three if you're gonna take out like a mancubus, you're gonna take out like, uh,
2: like a hell knight, one of the bigger one of the yeah. bigger demons. And to add on to what you're saying, like yeah, I jumped in playing Ultraviolence and. I do see what you're talking about with the chainsaw, like for the past three levels that I've played ammo, it's been like kind of easy street where they have enough laid around the level where you don't have to be worried because like mostly like I I do kind of scroll through the weapons, but it's to the point where I'm scrolling through the weapons, not because I have to, but more it's like, you know what, I kind of want to know how this plays. Not that like, oh, I have to go to this weapon because I'm depleted of my other weapons to see how it plays. Mm-hmm. Same thing with the chainsaw. The chainsaw, it's like, I, I kind of want to use it. I want to know, I want to see the kill with it. Yeah, because I mean, it, no matter how much, those
0: things are just so satisfying to see.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And like, not to mention, like, when you cut a demon in half, like, to see the facial expressions that Bethesda and it had added, like, mm-hmm. they're just getting destroyed and their, their faces are just freaking out while you're just cutting through them. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's actually cool to see someone who's actually that's actually trying out doom for the first time so they can feel the energy that's behind it now you know my follow up with doom maternal i'm not going to give i'm not going to give spoilers oh, right. i want you i want maverick i want everyone who's listening to experience it for themselves you know cuz i'm just going to tell you right now just like how mike was saying in doom 2016 you have to keep moving in this one, literally, if you stop for a fraction of a second, you're dead. Like, hands down, you're going to die. And um, it's encouraging you to use a lot, more of, uh, a lot more of your equipment, like your frag grenades, you know, your glory kills, your chainsaw. You have to use everything. In this one, glory kills are still for health. chainsaw still for ammo. The flame belch, it's part of your equipment launcher, is a flamethrower that <laughs> if you light targets on fire and then you kill them, they'll upon death they sprout they spit armor out armor shards that's cool so <laughs> you get to have your armor so it's like basically every demon that you're fighting in hell everywhere they're basically pinatas bursting over <laughs> with armor or bursting over with bullets you know or health <laughs> depending on what you do it's like one of the youtubers that i watched the russian badger he described it and it's just like you have the way you build uh, your doomslayer. It just think of it like bricks. You're building your doomslayer the way you want. It, you know, if you want to have him f- focus on more environmental stuff, then you can spec him to do environmental customization. Is really big in this one, and that's what I'm going to leave you with because I don't want to go too deep into the story. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm just going to leave it at that. It's software. And Bethesda are giving the fans what they want. And I could not be happier with the product that they released. That's good to hear, man. Speaks volumes for the franchise. Yeah, it really does. So let's see what's next on the... (laughs) Okay, let's get into this. (laughs) This is going to be fun. What we're going to talk about next is our personal favorite badasses in gaming. And then the baddest of badasses of games. So, uh, Mike, go ahead and start off. Who do you think? Who is your personal
2: badass? My personal badass is Leon Kennedy. And so, for some starters, rookie cop going into a city, the city uh, police department had a welcome like he was literally like day one on the job goes into an infested city raccoon city on top of that as we know from the ps from the classic series uh he fights a tyrant he go he goes through a mess of things but comes out on top whether you want to call it sheer luck or skill he's a badass for that (laughs) (laughs) okay all right okay and then on top of that he survives the nuke of the city he survives the what the nuking of the city oh And goes on further to become secret service for the president to rescue the president's daughter in a backwards town of people's head village villagers where he fights what this things that like that he fights like a dragon there, as well as this steroid looking robe, evil looking priests, purple robe. I forgot what his name was. Um. In Resident Evil 4, it was, like, that, that purple robe dude He was, the, like, the main one. He would point, and then, like, all the villagers would come after you. Oh, yeah, Saddler. Saddler, there it is. Like, whenever Leon would try to mess with them, like, you would just, like, choke the crap out of him and throw him away. Defeated him. Leon's been through some crap. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, he's tangled with the best man, like. And, and like, going to 4, uh, like, uh, remember his old partner, Krauser? Genetically yeah. genetically enhanced, and the lake monster. You know, being infected with the with the plaga and still fighting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah, he, he that is pretty badass. Now, how okay. about you, Maverick? Yes, laid on us, my friend. <laughs>
1: well, I don't know if mine's kind of cheating, but I mean, they made a video game out of the character. So uh, I ended up picking Batman because it's Batman. If you've ever played like the Arkham games with some really good headphones, if you haven't, I highly recommend playing any of the Batman games with really good headphones. So you can hear those bone crunches every time he knocks someone out or does one of his maneuvers to subdue criminals. I just like him for the intensity. Like he doesn't kill anyone but he will cripple them, pretty much. <laughs> I guess that's not off-limits. That's not unethical to the Batman. Very true, very true. And he's, you know, he tangles with the best man. He doesn't, he's not superhuman. He's, you know, he's just a guy in a suit that knows how to fight really well, I guess. Um, going up against characters like Bane, who's, like, juiced up. You know, uh, Killer Croc chasing him down the tunnels and Ar- the Arkham sewers and... Batman's just oh. a dude in a cape trying to escape all these monsters trying to kill him. And yeah, he does it with style.
0: <laughs> he and does I, do it with style. I will say no. Like going back to Killer Croc, that part, dude. I remember the first time I played Arkham. was, was Arkham Asylum. When I first saw him and he's getting out of the elevator when you're escorting the Joker in, I was like, "Oh crap, that's gonna be a boss." <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and the sewers, like, it makes it creepy because you're running and then you see him jump out and then he's just running at you. And you have to throw that battering to hit him in the eyes. It's just super. Like that part always kept me on the internet. It scared me so much. <laughs> yeah, that's probably one of the best
2: parts in the game too. I think I give him credit that if we're going off the Arkham series, that he solved all that within a night. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, dude, for real.
0: I mean, I'm not going to deny Batman is a badass because he's he's a millionaire playboy philanthropist, just like actually no billionaire playboy philanthropist, just like Tony Stark. But the thing is, is like he like I was reading and I think it was like a couple of nights ago. I was bored and I was looking at Batman like his workout regimen. Like it would be considered like a 12 man workout team in the Olympics. <laughs> it would kill most normal people. <laughs> and he did it he has 12 uh doctorate degrees in psychology criminal and uh forensic investigation like every like he's expanded his mind he knows more than 27 plus fighting styles that he had learned on his own yeah so I mean, this guy, like this simple man—if <laughs> you can call him that—he's tangled with Superman. He, like, seriously, everything that it, everything that he has inside of his belt is made to, to defeat at least one person in the uh, in the Justice League. Uh, there's one comic, maybe you know about it. Now. When he met Wonder Woman, uh, she told um, she told him to hold the lasso of truth. And to tell them who they really are. And she held it. She said it was her name was Princess Diana. And, you know, then Superman grabbed it. He was like, my name is Kal-El. I'm an I'm alien from Krypton. And then when Batman grabbed it, his, he just said, I'm Batman. He <laughs> was able to lie under the influence <laughs> oh, of, my God. Uh, of the, uh, the the lasso of truth. <laughs> <laughs> so this guy is a badass. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> like, so I, can, I totally understand why. Like, Because, be it that he is a mortal man, he is amazing in everything that he does. That he is. But my personal favorite badass in gaming, you already know who it is, guys. The Slayer himself. And let me tell you, this guy fought off hell invasions multiple times. He did it over a span of years. At the end of Doom 64, he he decided, while shutting down the hell gate, to stay behind and continue to slaughter the demons to prevent an uprising. So this guy intentionally was like, you know what, I'm just going to go into hell and I'm going to stay there and just keep killing <laughs> So as he's down there killing, he actually meets a betrayer of the demons who actually, oh, before that, he actually fought a titan, which would be equivalent to a navy, uh, one single giant demon that's equivalent to the size of a navy armada, which is basically the entire U.S. Navy. He was able to single-handedly kill that demon. And then upon that, the betrayer uh, the betrayer in the ranks of the demons made him the Praetor suit, which kept him going. Every every time he killed the demon, it would sustain him. It would keep him going. He, the, essentially, this guy was just a ball of anger. He is literally too angry to die. That is what makes him like so awesome. And the thing
2: is, he doesn't say anything. And when you shoot him, he literally goes... <clears throat> Like that's mm-hmm. what he does. He just wants. Man, a few words, but when he does speak, you know what he means. <laughs>
0: yes. His actions speak way louder than his
2: Now please,
0: if there is any more of a badass than Doom Guy himself, please let me know. This guy I'm pretty sure can rip Superman in half and just stuff his intestines down his throat and just do it. I'm pretty sure he can do that. I think Batman can take him. <laughs> I will admit it would be one hell of an awesome fight, <laughs> just to see Batman tangling with the Doomslayer. Just go rip his arm off and beat him with it, and just leave him there. So we're gonna go into the upcoming releases, right? Or yeah, that's um, where we had
1: left off, right?
0: Upcoming releases.
1: <laughs> upcoming releases.
0: All right, so I guess we'll start with Maverick. Why don't you let us know what's your uh, upcoming uh, release or what? Why don't you tell us about?
1: Yeah. Um. So the game I chose this week for upcoming releases is a tabletop game. This tabletop game is called Frog Knight Ribbit Royale. It's a multiplayer press your luck battle royale board game. Uh, you choose your favorite character, and then you simply try to destroy everyone else in the game. It's supposed to be like a strategy game, but also battle royale. And I know we're all probably sick of battle royale games.
0: <laughs> how me and Mike called it the scourge of twenty nineteen. Yeah.
1: <laughs> And that's actually, you know, so when I saw this game that its name, its name is actually Ribbit Royale because it has like a frog theme going. Um, I actually picked it on purpose because of that, because I remember you all saying that, you know, it was a scourge of 2019. But I think that it still has not gone away. And I think there's still a lot of interest and there will always remain a lot of interest in Battle Royale games so that's why i picked it as this week's tabletop game so again the game is called frog knight ribbit royale i am going to make sure to post the kickstarter link on facebook it's going to be a direct link to the kickstarter and it does have six thousand dollars pledged out of the three thousand dollar goal so that's really good The what's the phrase i guess that i'm looking for here that it doesn't need more support but <laughs> there's never anything wrong with generating more interest in this kind of game because a game like this that shows that it already has enough support to become popular just means that you know if you invest in this game that there's going to be a community of people out there to play this game as well so if you have questions or maybe want to talk strategies with other players in the community that's usually a good sign as well
0: yeah yeah definitely
1: so what they're hoping for is that the kickstarter just launched march which is this month um they're hoping that by august 2020 the game will be out so we're not even looking at you know any more than like six to nine months before the game releases as well so very low risk kickstarter it looks like you know it's it's gonna be a lot of fun plus a battle royale everyone loves battle royale even though you may not admit it
0: that sounds interesting. That's I want to try that one. <laughs> I mean, it's a. T- I'm tired of, uh, of video game battle royales, but i to be honest with you, I've never played a tabletop one. So hey, mm-hmm. that's a person. It may change my mind. <laughs> well, you know, it's that's it's exactly what it is,
1: man. It's just a tabletop version. Like if you go to the Kickstarter, it it even plays like a little GIF or GIF as of the of the way the game is played and it's kind of like uh like those battle royale games like fortnite or pubg where like the arena starts to shrink slowly i want to see that
0: you know let me check that out i (laughs) really want to see yeah man go for it Uh,
1: (laughs) get a load of the characters the characters are like ridiculous you know one team of frogs and one team of like a wizard knight
0: assassin i don't know what she's supposed to be Actually, that you know what that looks like. That looks like a like similar artwork uh, to that of um of peasant. uh, Peasant buffet. Yeah, yeah. What is it?
2: The that game um, that we had left you uh, that John had in his backpack. Oh, okay. Yeah, it does look like a lot of similar art. (laughs) There's a frog with a bazooka. (laughs) 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 yeah you know i'm not gonna lie
0: man this stuff actually looks really interesting <laughs> yeah this is how much is it to back this their goal is 3000 they've already exceeded it by six
1: yeah nice piece it's on the right side yeah on the right side it says pledge 25 or
0: more frogger special
1: single copy of frogger knight plus the challenge deck you know
0: 25 bucks for you to get the single frog knight and the challenge deck that's actually not bad that is that is easy. That is nice. Yeah, it is. The artwork on the stuff alone really makes you want to play it. Some <laughs> of the
1: artwork on Frog Knight Ribbit Royale looks like artwork from the tabletop game Munchkin as well. Who we got next here?
2: Uh, you want to go ahead and kick things off, Mike? All right. I had chosen a RPG book game off of wrestling called World Ride Wrestling RPG. This is an article I picked up off of it, off of Dicebreaker by Alex Mahan. It Says step into the ring again with the second edition of tabletop RPG-wide wrestling. Lay down Smackdowns, design costumes, and Wild wow the crowd in the second edition of wrestling tabletop art role-playing game. Worldwide wrestling, based on the Powered by the Apocalypse RPG system, which has players roll two d6s when attempting to perform an action, with a 10 plus resulting in success. Worldwide Wrestling 2nd Edition is the newest iteration, one of the best tabletop role-playing games released in 2015. In the 1st Edition, players can create their own wrestler from the selection of gimmicks, classes, and customizing them with the backstory, ring entrance, and stats. Once players have created their own wrestlers, the GM then builds an episode for them by presenting a wrestling match and introducing their own scenarios. For example, an an episode could begin with two of the player wrestlers in crash the match and form a bitter rivalry with one of the other wrestlers. Each match will have players explaining what moves that wrestler is attempting with the dice result determining how successful they are. As every episode plays out, players, wrestlers will try to achieve the individual goals, whether that's getting a promotion, developing a new relationship with another wrestler, or something else, with that result of each scenario determining whether they have gotten closer to doing so. The second edition will introduce a number of new features, as well as redesigning some existing rules in the first edition, including revised activities wrestlers can do outside of matches, which were introduced in the the on-the-road supplement on the previous edition, the upcoming role-playing game includes a new basic move called "Play Politics," which can be used directly to address any confrontations that have happened backstage, and a specific system for wrestler goals called "Wants," which enables players to have a firmer understanding of what of their character motivations. There are also a number of new gimmicks introduced in the second edition, which are your classes, such as the ever-ambitious Ace, Daredevil, Anti-Hero, and Slapstick Clown that players can now choose to create a wrestler for. The Kickstarter of World Star Wrestling 2nd edition is live until April 14th with a pledge of $28 getting backers a copy of the print book estimated to ship sometime in January 2021, and you also get a digital version with it if you can't do the 28 you could do 15 the 15 will give you a digital edition itself but if you own the previous edition if you pledge seven dollars i believe you get some of the second edition just what's been updated for those who have owned the previous edition
1: well, that's pretty good that they give you a lot of options. Like if you want to get the book or if you want to get the PDF and then if you already have the first one, so you don't have to lock into like a $20 price range, you can actually drop it or raise it depending on what you want. That's pretty cool.
2: Yeah. Something to look forward to having surprise me come in the mail. Nice. Nice. <laughs> yeah, man. That's,
1: that's a, uh, not a lie to you, that that brings out the inner child in me right there wrestling because i remember talking to you guys about wrestling and how like we all kind of stopped watching it at one point but that's like okay that was like a huge part of me growing up was watching
0: a lot of wrestling oh yeah man like definitely my uh my favorite time of wrestling was during the the uh, attitude era the attitude era (laughs) yeah I like, you know, like the old school favorites, like uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock, not the new Rock, the Rock one he was kind of like a, a heel. Like, he was kind of like, how do you say it? Like he was a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> With so. generation X. Oh my God, yes, <laughs> D-X, man. <laughs> I used to have like, seriously, I had like a lot of their shirt. <laughs> Uh
1: We'll leave it at that then. So what do you got for us, John?
0: What is your upcoming release that you're looking forward to? Well, my my uh, new upcoming release besides Dude, it might be a little bit of time before I can actually get a hold of it. It's uh, Resident Evil 3. And okay. the reason behind this is because we I actually just played thanks to Mike. He actually let me know, you know, like Resident Evil's doing their uh, their I think it was like a 45 minute demo. Oh yeah. And uh, you get to go as far as you can in 45 minutes. But um a lot of stuff they did change. Uh like for example, Kind of semi like a quick time event. When a zombie swipes at you, Jill can actually dodge. But if she, if she hit, if you hit the button at the right time, right before the zombie connects for you, you can actually do what's called the perfect dodge. And she, like, dives back and she lands and time slows down, allowing you to make easier headshots. That's cool. So with that, I was like, oh man, that's actually a nice touch. Like, they brought back the dodge mechanic that they had in the originalism. And, um, not to mention, Nemesis in this one is a lot more relentless. Like, he is constantly, constantly, constantly chasing you down. And um, he has the ability with his tentacles that if you're running ahead of him, he can whip at you and pull you back. And then not to mention, like, if you're running and you're like, oh, man, I'm finally getting away from him. He can actually do, like, this huge, like, dash leap and land literally right in front of you. And you're like, oh, what the hell? And you have to back off and fire. And he's a constant threat. There is no safe spots for you to hide from him. So, I mean, it's coming out on, I believe, the 4th of next month, very beginning of uh, of April that's one thing that i am looking forward to but it might take a little bit of time for me to grab it but when i do i'm going to be bringing back some really good nostalgia that's going to be awesome yeah and then we
1: you can compare it to like the original which you see differences yeah definitely like things that definitely. you prefer don't prefer
0: and not like the the obvious ones like oh it has better graphics like yes <laughs> oh, really, you don't say
1: well that was it for that right we can go on to the uh, Comparison, Xbox Series X.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yep. I mean that I have two PlayStation guys
2: here with me. I'm guessing <laughs> uh, y'all want to go ahead and start it. This past week, Xbox and PlayStation have both revealed the specs. Well, Xbox revealed more. They revealed their controller. They revealed the system, while PlayStation just revealed the spec. Now, to go about the specs, what we're looking at in CPU... We have an 8x Zen 2 cores and 3.5 gigahertz in the PS5 at variable frequency. While in the Xbox Series X, we have a 8x core at 3.8 gigahertz in a custom Zen 2 CPU. Graphics comparison-wise, Xbox is pulling in at 12 teraflops, while PlayStation 5 is coming in behind at 10.28 teraflops these are the processors for graphics and computing internal storage though on the xbox is at one terabyte you're looking at a custom 825 gigabyte solid state drive
1: so that's on the ps5 825 gigabyte solid state drive yes okay
2: but that's about it i mean spec wise xbox is taking it with their teraflops and processing the first PS4 I owned recently died out two days ago, and I was in luck to find a deal on a PS4 Pro. Upon getting it, I cleaned it up, I had all my memory put back into it, downloaded God of War again, and upon playing it and just opening the menu and stuff, you could easily see how the teraflops, because I was like, you know what, I want. Uh, upon that night, I wanted to see what made them different, the original PS4 and the new PS4 Pro. Well, it has, I think it has like three teraflops or four teraflops and the smoothness of how things go, it's amazing. So like I could see where the teraflops come in hand and just the detailing in the gaming, how it ups frame rates and visualization. Xbox is winning on the teraflops.
1: So this is just something that I am also learning as well, seeing as how the, you know, that PlayStation 5 just released their specs. What, like a few days ago, right? Yeah. Yeah is that recently I've been on Twitter trying to find information uh, about the PlayStation because like when you make the compare the spec comparison the PS5 does look punier just comparing it by numbers. Yeah. What developers are saying what is going to set the PS5 apart
2: is the solid state drive. Yeah, and it's so supposed to be a customized exclusive drive that Sony built mm-hmm. just for the system.
1: Yeah, and they're saying like it's supposed to be very good for rendering graphics, so mm. that is, you know, the fact that they the developers, these are the people who make the actual video games, are excited about that makes me, as a gamer, excited as well, Whereas, like we don't have to compare the specs side by side because I'm going to believe what the, de- the game developers are going to tell me if they're excited to work with the PlayStation 5 technology.
0: I mean... <laughs> the way I look at it regardless of which console you go for like if you're going with an Xbox or a PlayStation you're getting an upgrade. If it, if you break it down, the Xbox Series X is going to be more powerful than the PS5, but that can actually translate into a higher price point. We'll see how that works. So, this uh on March 14th was uh Dungeons and Doggies, the uh, the event that we actually covered. Uh
2: so, so what were your what were your thoughts What everything that transpired when we were there? Upon being there, I thought it was going to be a smaller turnout, but the turnout turned out to be huge, which was great. It shows that Corpus or the Gulf Coast has, there is a community for Dungeons and Dragons here, and it is thriving. The event sold out. That was great. You know, it went to a very good cause, helping out all the animals at the Gulf Coast. And I hope to see this event happen again
1: why don't we listen in to what some of the people that either that ran the event and participated in dungeons and doggies had to say sounds
2: good
4: hey this is christy with the dts gaming crew we're here at the gulf coast humane society doing coverage for the dungeons and doggies event fundraising event stay tuned for our coverage we got some interviews with some gamers and some of the employees who are putting this event together so be sure to stay tuned
2: hey guys it's michael with the dts game crew i'm here with kristen the marketing director of Gulf Coast Humane Society, uh, Kristen. Why don't you go on and introduce yourself?
4: Yes, and I'm. This is really cool. Um, <laughs> my name is Kristen. I am with the Gulf Coast Humane Society. I handle our marketing, public relations, graphic design, and so. Thank you guys for having us today.
2: How was the turnout, and how was the uh, reception upon mm-hmm. first announcement of this event?
4: This is crazy. Like, okay, so let me be very clear. Because I feel like I need to give Whitney total credit. She's my assistant. She told me about this. I knew nothing. I'm coming from a world where... I don't even play a Nintendo. So <laughs> this is new to me. And I, when she said it, I said, okay, let's try it. Mm-hmm. But uh, we weren't prepared for this. We've completely sold out of this event. That's so we've awesome. met our fundraising goal for mm-hmm. this event, which is incredible.
2: And what yeah. was that fundraising goal?
4: So we were hoping to get 300 from this that will go back into our clinic that we're needing right now. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we actually made more than that. And that is that speaks volumes to the public's response on an event like this
2: yes and for this event i know uh, sparkling city games helped out with the dice who, yeah. helped, who else helped sponsor this event
4: well sparkling city when they did that and whitney told me about that i was like man this is mm-hmm. really awesome and that really i think boosted up our sales as well because mm-hmm. i learned what a commodity the dice were but also how much sparkling city really meant to this community yes. and then also we had papa john's reach out to us and donate the pizzas so we accounted for every number of persons so that we had enough to feed and take care of everybody with this event
2: okay and with this response will this be something that possibly co- becomes yearly or quarterly maybe
4: i'm honestly i hope we do it a lot more than just <laughs> yearly because uh, whitney's been so nice on showing me and teaching mm-hmm. me how dungeons and dragons works yeah because i don't understand it yet but i'm learning and i'm i respect this community and the support that they're doing so i hope we actually do this maybe monthly i think that this would be great and i think it i think it's a chance to show this community that hey we're all about it you know and i think it shows that this community also supports much more than gaming they support the animals and i think that we should keep this going and and, hey i mean i might play next time i'm learning
2: (laughs) And for those who weren't able to turn out tonight, Mm -hmm. but still want to help out the animals, where can they go to donate?
4: It's so easy. We make it really simple to donate. If you just go to GCHS cc.org and go to donate. You can actually donate one time or you can be a monthly donor. The monthly donation goes right back into our clinic. It helps us continue what we're doing. It continues our mission and keeps our doors open. So, if you want to do that, we encourage you to go to our website.
2: Guys, it's for a good cause. Uh, Again, this is Michael with the GTS Gaming Crew. Play forever game together. Kristen, thank you so much for being on.
4: Thank you. Cool.
2: Hey everybody, this is
1: Maverick from the DTS Gaming Crew. I'm checking in with a local gamer. Uh, Tyler, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourselves to our listeners? listeners.
3: Hey. Hello, uh, my name's Tyler. I've been uh, playing B&D for about a year now and uh, well, just really, uh, really happy to be here.
1: Good, you know, and uh, we were actually very excited for this whole event, Tyler. Um, Uh, we we were talking to Tyler a little bit before we started this interview just to let him know that you know we, we just started coordinating with local businesses to try to get press to important events such as this one the Gulf Coast Humane Society so what interested you particularly in this event
3: Tyler? oh well I, uh, let's see, I've had a couple shelter dogs in my life. Okay. Um, I had never really been uh, one of those people who bought from breeders, but some of my best dogs have always been mutts. We so. <laughs> got two of my passions coming together. Of course, I'm going to be here.
1: There we go. And you know, that's actually, uh, now that we have Tyler as a loyal listener, you'll get to hear in our other podcast that we actually talk about like how all of us in the gaming group, we're all dog people as well. Like My dog is a shelter dog too. So believe me when I tell you that I was super excited to come here and meet players like you doing something for such a good cause uh, did you come here by yourself?
3: Uh, yes I tried to get a couple of people from my uh, my group but uh, schedules are usually well you know with D&D and it's hard <laughs> to get everyone together on the same day
1: that's right and um, what about because uh, you were given the option to be a DM?
3: Yes, uh, one of the uh, people here uh, had a uh, family emergency okay. and uh, what's it called I've been DMing for about three months and it's it was a little bit a uh, little bit hard at first, but after you take that first plunge, it's really really fun just to run things tell a story and
1: right right yeah and so but today you're here as a gamer right so what what are you looking forward to as a gamer as as opposed to a dungeon
3: master oh as a gamer it's all about just role playing Uh, granted combat is a big part of the game but uh, being able to act out your character give them little quirks little flaws it's makes it more personal right
1: yeah and it, I, I think that helps everyone uh, get into character develop the story I guess as a whole so it becomes like a collective experience right oh yes, yeah, so collective and individual experience
3: exactly collective storytelling has always been I think the forefront of D&D at least that's why I've always played
1: <laughs> I think that's why everybody plays D&D uh, you know Tyler again thank you for coming here and supporting the Gulf Coast Humane Society for like we're gonna keep saying this over and over again it is for a good cause while we're here do you have any last words that maybe you'd like to leave any of your friends that you're going to convince to listen to our podcast oh
3: yes uh <laughs> why aren't you here and uh if you're uh, if you're scared to start playing just take that first leap you're gonna love it
1: there you go take that first leap uh thank you tyler for coming in here again and happy to have it
2: us. i appreciate it anytime hey guys it's Michael mike with the dts gaming crew i'm here at the gulf coast humane society on dungeons and doggies night it's a fundraiser Helping out all the animals here at the shelter. I'm here with Sam, one of the DMs. Sam, why don't
5: you go ahead and introduce yourself to our listeners? How you guys doing? I'm Sam. I really don't know what to say. I've been DMing for a few years. Do you prefer to be the player or usually the DM? Uh, it, I I go back and forth. Back and uh, forth. I've i I'm lucky enough to have players that want to step up to be the DM occasionally.
2: What sparked your interest in this event?
5: Oh, uh, I, I saw I saw their flyers at uh, our local game store, Sparkling City Tabletop Games.
2: <laughs> Shout out to them. They're providing the dice tonight to all our listeners.
5: Yeah, support your friendly local game store. <laughs>
2: Who got you into D&D, or how did you get into D&D?
5: Oh, I've been been trying to play D&D for, like, years and years and years before I ever actually, like, got to play. Like, back in middle school, I wanted to play 3-5, but trying to get a bunch of middle schoolers to sit down and play that particular edition's, uh, like, pulling teeth. Um, I actually didn't get a group until 5th edition.
2: And for all our listeners,
5: is it intimidating or very hard to get into D&D? We had talked about this topic in one of our previous episodes. I I understand the... uh, Anxiety, uh, but once once you sit down, roll some dice, put on a silly voice, everything just kind of comes out in the wash. And do you have a preferred favorite class? If I had to pick one, I, I'm I'm really fond of the warlock. Okay. Um, having like in character, uh, like character stuff baked into the class is really nice, and uh, uh, you can build it so many different ways. Uh, t- Probably my favorite, uh, but probably one of my least played, actually.
2: Oh, okay. Well, thank you so much, Sam. Thank you for having us. Guys, as always, this is the DTS Gaming Crew. Play forever and game together. Thank you so much, Sam. Yep. (laughs) Hey,
0: guys. It's John from the DTS Gaming Crew, and I'm here with Whitney, who's actually attending the uh, Dungeons and Doggies event. Hello, Whitney. How you doing?
6: I'm doing good. How are you today? Oh,
0: very good. Thank you very much for asking. Now. How do you play D and D? You play casually, or do you play? Um,
6: I'm I'm actually a long term D and D player. I went from playing Pathfinder to playing Fifth Edition. Um, so much so that my group tends to meet once a week. And our, our spare bedroom in our apartment, my boyfriend and I's, um, actually is just dedicated to our gaming. It has a spare gaming table in it, TV laid in, whole works there. So that's like kind of our primary hobby. Oh,
0: nice, nice. Now, as far as like, what is your favorite class that you like to play?
6: I feel like I should say wizard, because that's what um, I, I would like to think I play, but uh, I've played more paladins in 5th in edition than anything else.
0: Okay, paladins. I really like using rogues, because I like the whole assassin.
6: Oh, uh, see, that's, that That makes sense. Um, it seems, uh, my players were to talk to me about it, they would say that I don't tend to favor a specific class, I tend to favor a specific race, I play a lot of tieflings. Um, they like to make fun of me for it, actually. But they're my favorite. I can't help it.
0: Yeah, they have to make fun of you. They're just hating because you're better at it. But now, um, do you DM or have you ever tried DM? Yes.
6: Um, uh, my boyfriend and I, uh, we kind of head up our main group and we alternate. Um, when I'm a player, he's the dungeon master. And when I'm the dungeon master, he's a player. So we do that so neither of us get burned out.
0: Oh, nice. That's actually really good. And how long have you, how long would you say you've been DMing for?
6: Um, I've been DMing for probably about four years. Um, I have two campaigns under my belt, and I'm uh, actually rebooting uh, a third. Oh,
0: okay, nice, nice. Are you? Let me ask you this. Are you a fan of Magic the Gathering?
6: Uh, I have a passing interest in it. I've played a few times, but I'm not a huge fan. Um, I know that they're coming out with the newest book is going to be Magic the Gathering setting, um, but I'm actually more excited about it because that setting is inspired by Greek mythology, which is something I am very interested in. Awesome.
0: That's actually what I was going to actually <laughs> talk to you about, was the, was the, the Magic Cross D&D. Mm-hmm. Now, you that it has to do with Greek mythology, mm-hmm. which is awesome, because that's one, like me, I'm a huge history buff, so mm-hmm. Greek mythology, Norse mythology, any kind of mythology out there, that's actually one my favorite, uh, one of my favorite subjects, but do you feel like maybe they should have just kept it pure? and just kept it straight D&D? Or do you think, like, you're looking forward to the collaboration?
6: I think um, it makes complete sense that WotC would would make that decision, Wizards of the Coast, um, seeing as Magic the Gathering is their most popular IP aside from Dungeons & Dragons. So it makes sense that they would t- combine the two together. And in a lot of situations, um, the overlap makes sense. Uh, I wasn't as into Guild Masters of Ravnica, I'll admit. Um, it was something that I was excited for the races, but other than that, I knew I wasn't going to use a lot out of it. But I'm very excited for there. Uh, for uh, Theros, I think that'll be uh, really, really fun and really interesting. So I think if they if they keep sh- uh, shaking things up, uh, I think the community will accept it.
0: Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you very much, Whitney, for your time and allowing us to interview you. And um, if there's uh, anything that we can do, or just uh, keep an ear out for the podcast, so so you can hear how everything goes. Of
6: course. Thank y'all so much for for coming to the event. We're happy to have y'all here. Thank you. Thank
0: you very much. You have a great one. You too.
1: Thank you. <laughs> Now, on my personal experience for Dungeons and Doggies, like this is the first kind of event that I've done from this perspective. So let let me explain what that means. I am usually on the gaming end of things. So like nor on a normal circumstance like let's say they were holding a, a you know some sort of Dungeons and Doggies event, I would probably be participating in it. If I had any interest in participating in it, I would be there, as opposed to where I was this time around. So that was very interesting, you know, because I got to see the dungeon masters in action. I got to see all the participants having fun playing the scenarios that the dungeon masters had for them, and I got it's good because I got to meet like the organizer of the event. It, it was just uh, I I don't know how to describe it an eye opening experience that. A different way to look at gaming
0: yeah yeah definitely like looking at it from the looking at it from the from the outside instead of from the end so I mean Right. Bring and bring exposure to it because
1: usually it's kind of like you know if i if i were to go to a local game store and want to play magic the gathering on a friday night no one's gonna bother you there no one's gonna televise it no one's gonna publicize it so going to something like this that goes for a good cause just and that's what i was talking about like i can't describe it it was such a good feeling that i had bringing exposure to gaming and
0: saving the animals yeah. yeah i mean of course because i say what in the past maybe year or two the the tabletop games have had a huge boom and that they're coming back so yeah. back then my brother always said you play dungeons and dragons and oh man you know if you play dungeons and dragons you were a dork or you know you were just a you're a geek and you would get picked on seeing as how mainstream it's becoming now you know it's good to have the hard like the old school players that played back then come forward and teach the new generation of people to you know to play so everyone can be on the same level. Yeah. And I think it's amazing that you know that these board games are coming back and they're having like a much bigger following than what they did back then. And yeah, it's like it's like Maverick said, you know, no one's televising the Dungeons and Dragons or Magic the Gathering. But at the same time back then growing up no one i'm pretty sure no one thought that we'd be broadcasting esports you know call of duty championships fortnite championships no one would be thinking that we're competing for serious money on the on a, on a circuit but we are and maybe this is some this you know with something this small coming up maybe that's just goes to show like what might happen in the future what if there are going to be Dragon tournaments that people are competing for large amounts of money like what if that is what if what if that's the next thing that'd be amazing that would be right that'd be cool yeah
1: that gives me hope for the dark eye rpg that we're gonna put
0: together oh yeah oh man that's gonna be exciting (laughs) that's gonna be exciting i i do want to bring something up to to everyone's attention to all of our listeners out there you know we've um we we always like to have fun in the podcast that we do me maverick um Mike and Chrissy, we all like to have fun, but there is one thing that, you know, the way we're doing this now, you know, self-isolation and everything due to the COVID-19, as much as it drives you crazy, you know, you have to, you have to do what's best for you yourself, your family and the community around you is to stay inside and find ways to keep yourself occupied. Cause we actually record out of, um, out of Corpus Christi, Noises County. And we actually just got our, our first case of coronavirus less than 24 hours. And uh, it's a scary thing. And um, that's just one thing, like how, seri- um, how serious this is. But at the same time, we shouldn't be panicking. You know, there's people out there that, um, that are panic buying. They're hoarding paper towels, toilet paper, hand sanitizer, diapers, baby wipes, food, everything. And there's other folks that, you know, really can't go out that much, such as the elderly people. Or um, people with physical disabilities that they can't get out on their own that don't have anything. And when they are able to, you know, go out and get the groceries, there's nothing left because everyone's panic buying. So don't panic. Be very respectful. But I do want to say there is one thing that does upset me is people on Facebook, on um, eBay, any kind of auctioning site, they're auctioning off sanitizers. They're auctioning off these supplies that we desperately need. They're auctioning them off, and they're jacking up the the, the price to them. And that's not right, guys. It really isn't. And if you know someone who is selling that, selling them on eBay or on Trash to Treasures or wherever, please report it. Because, believe it or not, there are people who actually need this stuff. So be respectful to other people. If you feel sick, don't go out. You know, stay home. For us gamers, that shouldn't be an issue. Stay clean, be humble, and don't panic by Get what you need and that's it. Don't take any more. And with that, you know, I
2: that's what I have to say on that. Guys, did you want to add anything in? Um, you know, buy what you need, like he said, just buy weekly as you normally do. As I normally I buy weekly. That way things can go back at the H at H B or Walmart as they should, where we're not having to look for ground beef and stuff. You know, if you want to make it a fun activity where you're not bored on your house. Make an activity list for yourself or something, you know, make a movie marathon if you don't play video games, Um, binge TV shows, things like that. You know, stay self-isolated for those who want to travel to go see family members, you know, see how they're doing. FaceTime them, call them. Do it over
1: Discord like we're doing.
2: Yes, do it over Discord, (laughs) FaceTime, things like
1: that. Um, I'll share something, I guess, from the perspective of someone who got sick. Um, I don't think it was coronavirus. I didn't go to the hospital to get tested. I did have a small fever and whatnot, but I never got bad enough to say, hey, I'm probably very sick. But I guess in my interest of public interest, uh, I didn't also want to go out while I was sick. So what I did is I isolated myself in my man cave, even from my wife, just to stop the spread of whatever is going on, you know, in in my mind, I was like, well, if it's worst case scenario, and I have uh, COVID-19, I'm gonna tough it out here in my man cave and just bunk hunker down. And like I was talking to Michael, I, I watched Castlevania, I played a lot of The Last of Us, I just basically watching TV, playing video games, as opposed to going out and infecting everyone else was my preferred option. I mean, that's not, that's not really a bad option, is it? No, i do i got I don't to play know. a lot of the last of us i mean i had fun mm-hmm. follow us on uh instagram facebook twitter dts underscore gaming crew to stay up to date go back and listen to our old podcasts
0: there's a lot of things you can do in isolation yeah and i mean like i said be it that we're all gamers here and i'm pretty sure we're <laughs> attracting the gaming community that's all we do man this is exactly what we're living for you know stay home play video games mm-hmm. yep Okay, well, with that being said, thank you, everyone, for listening. Be sure to tune in next time if you like the show, and also be sure to follow us on our Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, uh, the uh, DTS underscore Gaming Crew, so you can be the first to know when an episode goes up. Until then, get those D20 rolls, keep leveling up, and always play forever and game together. I'm John with the DTS Gaming Crew. This is Maverick. This is Michael. See you next time. We'll see you next time.
1: We'll see you next time, guys.